Hey guys, so welcome back to the workbench. This is normally where we talk about ceiling fan history, trivia, and technical information. But today, where you might see we're at a different workbench. And um, today is because I want to introduce a little bit of a legend, I think. is So I, I don't feel like I... So Rick's here too, by the way. He's off camera. I, I'd say it's fair to say that among like people who know fans and instruments and things that I work on, I'm one of the people that other people come to when they get stumped. Would that be a fair to say? Yeah, I think so. I don't think that's me being like a dick or egotistical. I think that's just true. But when I get stumped, there's somebody that I go to, and he's been mentioned in any number of videos, but he's never appeared on camera before. And I wanted a chance to just kind of introduce him and let him tell his story uh, so that other people who don't have the privilege and luxury of coming to them um, when they get stumped just kind of know the mindset and the... Uh, you know, and, 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 and what approach you might want to take. So this is Chuck. I've, I've spoken about Chuck in my videos before. Um, most recently, he helped me retrofit a motor in that ANG Imperial. Um, he also rented me the old organ shop for many, many years. I've came to him with, with music instrument issues, with fan issues, with HVAC issues. Um, so let's start out. Why don't you start out and say how you got interested in fixing things? Like, even before, like... Well, the main reason is I could never afford to hire somebody to do things. If I was going to do... If it, had to get, if it was going to get done, I pretty much had to do it. And that's how I've learned a little, one thing at a time, a little bit over a little bit, you know, and over better than 50 years I've been fixing things. My dad was an automotive machinist. Uh, mechanic slash machinist, you know, and uh, of course I hung around here with him I was little and then I got into cars. We don't even go there. <laughs> we can talk about that a little bit, sure. Yeah. But were you, when you were a kid, were you f f tinkering with things as a kid? I had an erector set. And yes, I loved playing with my erector set and building things out of it. So besides like the erector set, like you remember the first like non-toy thing that you actually worked on? Yes. Uh, I was always been infatuated with electricity. And they build little boards with electric circuits on them and switches and light bulbs and magnetic fields and stuff like that. And that goes way back, you know, quite young at that time. And I forget just what I did. I think I built, you probably see there was a game out there, it was called heart surgery or something where you... Oh, operation? Um, operation, yes. Oh. And you go in there and you, you try to you hit can't hit the You can't hit the little... the wire, the buzzer yeah. will go off. Yeah, yeah. I used to, you know, I like to build stuff like that. So did that predate your interest in cars? No, uh, pretty much not. Uh, my interest in cars just came to the fact that I loved cars when I was young. Started driving them, and then, of course, like I said, I had to fix them myself and uh, to get anything done. You know. So it, it almost sounds like the two things happened simultaneously. That you liked cars because everybody likes cars to a degree, and then you drove them. But then also, you simultaneously were kind of learning how to fix things with the erector set and with building the circuit boards and stuff like that. Plus, I was blessed with uh, inherited mechanical skills right. from my dad. You know, mm -hmm. uh, so I was kind of blessed with that, and they, one thing at a time. And like I told you before, when I was teaching, I used to teach electricity. And uh, I told my students, I said, I'm not a very smart guy, but I got a lot of experience. And I taught school for 40 years. I was a licensed master electrician, along with being an HVAC service mechanic on commercial equipment and stuff like that. 
I didn't do the electrical as a as a as a job. I, that was part of that was part of the HVAC thing, of course. That's mm. a lot of yeah electrical involved in H, H, HVAC. <clears throat> so I'm not much of a talker. I can't sit here and talk to you and tell you about my whole life and everything I've done. But I'm going to let Dan ask the questions. <laughs> uh, well, and I'll be glad to answer them. So, I mean, I guess we'll, we'll, I guess we'll go sequentially then, because like, so you got into cars, and then. You went to school for HVAC. Yes, five year apprenticeship. And and what made you decide to go that route instead of like going to become an automotive mechanic? <laughs> oh, this seems like it's going to be a good well, story. Be a good well, story. In high school, I took auto mechanics. Yeah, one, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The next year, I wanted to take auto mechanics too, which they didn't have. And I told them, I said, I, I plan on being an auto mechanic for a living. And they didn't have, offer an advanced course in high school. Mm-hmm. And my dad knew I wanted to be an auto mechanic, and he was in that field mm-hmm. he said if you want to starve to death you just go ahead and be an auto mechanic yeah he said i know too many of them that are working two dollar jobs part-time jobs and everything else just to put food on the table he says he really recommended against me being an auto mechanic mm-hmm. so i took up automotive as a hobby and that's pretty much it did your dad recommend hvac or that was just what was an option at the time or my dad was on a bowling league and he bowled with a guy that was a steam fitter uh, HVAC is a branch of the steam fitting business, and by the way, I recommend getting into that field to any young guy out there, any mechanical trade, electrician, steam mm-hmm. fitter. Steam fitter is such a diversified field. You know, welding is real big right now in steam fitting. If you're a welder, yes. you're going to be working, you're going to be making 60 bucks an hour. Yeah, wouldn't doubt it. You know, as, as a union shop, or yeah. even the non-union shops, doesn't matter. I was union, but I hold nothing against them. But it's a very diversified trade, everything from welding, to running pipe, process piping, steam piping, hot water piping. Uh, plumbing is par- partially our, you know, we don't do the plumbing because we don't mm-hmm. have, we aren't licensed to do drainage and uh, stuff like that. But, so plumbers and pipe fitters on a national basis are kind of a group. But uh, steam fitting trade, like I say, then you get into HVAC, air conditioning, refrigeration. Mm-hmm. Refrigeration is real big. Yeah. And then in order to do that, of course, you got to have a little bit of an electrical background, and that's how I earned my uh, master's electrician's license, just by being involved with it. I don't even know codes, <laughs> <laughs> but I know electricity. Yeah. If you yeah. know what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. So I couldn't go out and wire a house or a shop or something like that because I don't know the codes. You could just get a code book and yeah. and you or you could do it, and it may or may not pass inspection. But it'd be well done and safe. Yeah. Versus, you could get the code book and you could do it, and it would definitely pass inspection, and it would be yeah. well done and safe. The state of Wisconsin, under uh, one of our past governors, will give them an electrician's license if they've been doing it for mm-hmm. a certain period of time. If they were born before a certain period of time. So yeah. Got grandfathered in. Got kind of got grandfathered in doing my past experience. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Well, not to get off on a tangent about HVAC, but I didn't realize. So I'm somebody who loves working with electricity. But I never liked the kind of paint by numbers of being an electrician. Like wiring a house, there's not a lot of thinking that goes into it. You do your load calculations, and and that's pretty much it. I love the thinking man's game. I love troubleshooting. I love, like, you know, but there's not a lot of electrical careers in that. There's not a lot of money to be made in that. Because if you've got some little old lady that's calling you because her light switch isn't working, yeah, you can try to reverse engineer everything and figure out where it went wrong and and charge her for three hours. Or you can charge her for an hour and just run a new wire to it, yeah. you know. And so, but 
I, I learned in large part because of Chuck just how much uh, uh, cerebral engineering goes into HVAC. You get the hands-on work. It's not like being an engineer sitting in an office, but you also have a, there's a lot of thinking that goes into the, the HVAC side of things, it really yeah. seems. And so... And reading wiring diagrams. That was one of the classes I taught is uh, HVAC troubleshooting and reading wiring diagrams. And as you know, reading a wiring diagram is very important. Yeah. If you're going to do any troubleshooting on anything. Well, absolutely. Like, I guess, I just going off on this tangent, I say to anybody who's, who's like me, who likes working with mechanics and electricity, um, but like I said, you're, you're more interested in, in the, in the, you know, you, you don't want to just have to do this, go in and do the same thing every day where you're wiring a house without thinking about it. HVAC, HVAC seems like a really great trade to go into. It's a very diversified trade and you can go into any branch of it. You know, that's true. Cause I got a neighbor that all he does is sheet metal work Yeah, and that's, that's his side of it. And, and he loves it. You mm -hmm. know, it's, it's, it's not easy work. It's, it's hard work, but it's, you know, he enjoys it and, uh, Makes a good living. Well, other than that, uh, I got a shop here, as you can see, and I can pretty much fix anything. So you got a new project in front of you. What is what? What? What's your methodology? Number one, figure out how it works, what it's supposed to do, and then take it from there. If this isn't doing what it's supposed to do, but you got to know what it's supposed to do, or you can't fix it. Yeah. And that's why where you come in with the fans, you know what it's supposed to do. Yeah. And I look at it and say, well, how can we make it do that? Right. You know, so I, I've got a very analytical mind, I guess, for troubleshooting mechanical things in general. You know, how, got to know how they're going to work, how they're supposed to work. Without that, you're kind of lost because you don't know what you're doing then. I just want to go off on a little bit about that because it's one thing to say, yeah, it's a fan, it's supposed to spin, it's supposed to blow air, but it also is important, and I think this is what Chuck means, to know what each component of it does. This is the bearing, this is what... This is what you know actually allows it to, to, to spin with minimizing friction. This is the speed coil. It does the, you know what I mean? Like you have to know what each, every, every part has a purpose because there's no company that's going to put a part in there that costs two cents if they can save that two cents. That's right. And yeah. so really you have to look at it and say, every washer has a, has a reason for being there. What's the reason sure. for being there? So that's step one. What's step two? Oh, figuring out how you can do what you've got to do to make that part work. Yeah, that's about it. You just got to know what you want to make it do and try to make it do it with all your background uh, knowledge, I guess you might say, your experience. I mean, one thing that I've always appreciated is you seem like you have a tool for every single purpose. I got a lot of tools. You've got a, a <laughs> very comprehensive collection of tools. Is there a particular thought process that goes into deciding which tool to try first for any particular... No, what I do is I look at something, and then I scan my brain as far as what have I got for tools. What tool have I got that'll do that? Knowing what you're going to need to do it and get the right tool. My tools, I don't buy a lot of tools. I mostly swap meets, and I inherited a lot from my dad when he passed away. And uh, most of my tool, a lot of my tools I got here are 60, 70 years old. Hand tools, that is. Mm -hmm. Of course, you need digital multimeters and all this and that, uh, which you acquire. You have to spend a lot on them. You know, there's places out there, I won't mention any names, brand names. You can. This is very... You know, it's, yeah, it's good for the, not for the guys using it every day, like a professional. Yeah. But if a guy uses an electrical multimeter once every couple of weeks. Yeah. Or something like that, those, those, those tools are just fine and they work good. 
You, are you alluding to Harbor Freight? Is that? Yes, I am. <laughs> uh, no, I, yeah. I, I, I love Harbor Freight. It's, it's, well, you, you hit the nail on the head. It's, it's not for your daily driver. It's for the thing where you, where you, you, you can get by with uh, uh, a lighter service version of it because you're not putting it to heavy use. Right. And then, of course, there's eBay and uh, Amazon. Amazon. Uh, they're a great resource for locating parts. Yeah. And then you get on forums. I'm on a lot of forums for different purposes. You know, I'm on a Dodge forum. I'm on a 64 Oldsmobile forum because I'm helping Rick restore his 64. Different Rick, but yeah. Different Rick. You know, so uh, internet forums are great. Yeah. And all the people out there, they, they want to help you. They want to show what they know. Yeah. And they're going to tell you. The same thing exists for fans, actually, too. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. People like to share their knowledge. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, so let's say that you're somebody that's that's handy. And let's just assume that there's not a particular thing of this. Per- this is just somebody that's handy that likes working on stuff. Maybe they're going to work on their car. Maybe they're a fan guy like me and Rick. Or maybe they're going to work on just fixing stuff around the house. What, whatever, you know, <clears throat> they've got the basic tools. They've got screwdrivers. They've got a, a multimeter. They've got socket wrenches. They've got a, a cordless drill. After the basics, what would you say is the, the are the most useful or valuable or invaluable tools that you haven't, you know? Well, you... unfortunately, and especially this day and age, is, is, talk to the Snap-on dealer. They got a special tool mm-hmm. for every little project or job that a guy has to do on cars and so on. Mm-hmm. Special tool for taking this part. To take special tool for, I don't have too much of that stuff. I get the tool as I need it. Yeah. But in most cases, the tool will pay for itself just using it once. You know, snap-on's expensive. But, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? The uh, it'll pretty, I've never had a problem buying a tool that I need uh, because I use it. It's kind of paid for itself, and now it's sitting on the shelf over there. Yeah. So that's kind of how I've gathered my tools, one thing at a time for what I needed it for. Tool pays for itself. Uh, did a little construction work, you know, around the house. I went out and bought a circular saw and this and that. And... Uh, could always lend stuff out too to someone else, you know. Well, you, you saw it today. People come by Absolutely, to use his yeah. stuff if they don't have it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just gotta make sure you give it back. But. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's it's right up here. You see that? Oh yeah. Is that... Anything that leaves here, no, it's, it, <laughs> gets it's written on, down there. It's on record. Yep. Because Chuck doesn't have a real good memory. <laughs> and this book right here, it's a 1968 Motors manual. It's my Bible. <laughs> Most of the cars I worked on were 68 and older, 70 anyways and older, and. My dad gave me that. It was one that was left over from his shop stuff. That's my Bible. All of a sudden, one day, I'm looking for my 68 Motors manual, and it's not there. And I gave up. I looked. I turned my house upside down. I turned my garage upside down. I can't find my Motors manual. All of a sudden, one night at bowling league, one of our bowling partners said, Chuck, he says, remind me, he said, i got to get that book back to you. Said, what book? He says, remember that, that, that Motors manual that you lent me about three years ago? <laughs> oh wow! Oh, no. I could have choked them, you know. So ever since then, I well, yeah, my memory is not good anymore anyway either. So if somebody borrows something, it's on the list. I'm writing this down just to make sure to remind me. I yeah. trust you. Yeah, and I've never mm-hmm. had anybody take off and not bring something back. But I got to know where it's at. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just like you said, like that—that's a perfect example because you thought it was here. Yeah. Well, you can see there's a whole list. It's all crossed off up there. So you got it back. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean. I, I think that pretty much covers it. Uh, is there any other advice that you'd have for people that are just again they're trying they're just trying to learn how to how to fix things, you know, 
in terms of, you know, maybe they have the innate mechanical trait. I think most people that, that, that go into that have at least some, uh, you know, some inborn abilities. Well, that's just the thing. Not everybody's created equal. Yeah. And you've got to have something up here that allows you to learn mechanical things. And I know several people that don't know how to do a damn thing. Mm. I go to one of my best friends, uh, didn't even know what direction to turn the screwdriver to get a screw loose. Yeah. You know, and I don't think he could ever learn it. You know, he was a professor. Yeah. You know, and, uh, but, you know, th things like that. You know, you just, you got to have it. If you don't have it, you don't have it. And I was blessed getting mechanical background. It's yes. called mechanical aptitude. Yeah. I worked with a welder once. And he says, most people are only born with about a 50% mechanical aptitude. He said, this guy was quite a guy. He said, I was born with 99%. <laughs> he was. Oh, I believe he it. A, oh, yeah. He was a good welder. He could, he could tack a pipe up. Mm -hmm. He'd actually, when it was supposed to be perfectly vertical, he would tack it up so it was like this. And he knew that when he welded this side of the pipe, that weld was going to shrink how much and bring that pipe right back up to vertical again. Because welds do shrink when they cool. Mm -hmm. You're putting it in at 3,000 degrees or whatever the temperature is. And when it cools, it contracts and it pulls. Have you ever welded something and held onto it and you can actually feel it moving? That's that's the weld contracting. Just things like that. But yeah, he was he was born with 99%. <laughs> yeah. Where would you where would you rank yourself? Or you don't? I don't know. I think maybe 50%. I'd say you're over 50. I, I learned the rest so. of it by. The hard yeah. way. <laughs> but um, what you teach for many years, as you mentioned earlier. Do you? I mean, what was what did you what did you learn from teaching? What did that teach you? Well, I was an older guy, and my apprentices were all younger people. And you wouldn't believe what you can learn from younger people. Mm -hmm. You know, they're digital stuff. Okay, mm -hmm. they're in that digital stuff. I'm not. I learned that kind of stuff from my apprentices. Uh, that's pretty much it for that. I, and I like passing on what I knew to them, mm. and hopefully they pass it on to somebody else. And uh, yeah, 40 years teaching apprenticeship programs, everything from refrigeration to knot tying to mechanical, electrical troubleshooting, H, what was it called? I forget. HVAC troubleshooting course. Basic electricity was where I pretty much started out. Just the basics. You got to know the basics. You got to know how electrons flow and resistance and ohms and amperage. And you got to start there and then go on. Hey guys. So the conversation with Chuck was so great that we talked for about an hour. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to split it up into two parts. You just watched or listened to the first part, and the second part will be coming in the next workbench video. Um, the first part is mainly advice, and the second part is mainly stories. So I look forward to seeing you at the second part. Also, Rick took some footage of the cars that were currently in Chuck's shop. I will be uploading that separately. You should check that out. You should check out the video of Reese at Chuck's shop from like 10, 15 years ago, however long it's been. Um, so, uh, And then also I'm going to put up some footage from Rick and Chuck working on Rick's abandoned fan. So I hope that you're as excited about this content as I am. As always, please like, comment, subscribe, patreon.com slash dspiffy for content you might not see otherwise and behind the scenes. And support our sponsors, Fanstick, Lightstick, 
Rickersheep.com, Taco Burrito Mexico, the good manufacturing company, 81220 LLC, Florida Fan Stick, and anybody else I might be forgetting. As always, thanks for watching, and bye, Fan Stick.